0: Welcome to another episode of the Anxiety Wad Podcast. I'm your host, Corey. Grateful you guys are here listening to the show once again. So what's up? You guys getting ready for the holidays? Do you guys have a good Thanksgiving? Let me know. Um, feel free to always just contact me if you'd like. Uh, Anxietywod at gmail.com. Just to chat about the show, ask questions, suggest uh, topics if you'd like. Um, I'm the one that, that uh, gets the emails. I'm the one that will contact you back. And, uh, if you ever have any questions uh, or even just advice, um, I, I usually try to make time for everybody. And if I can't, I will at least give you a little bit of uh, a direction to go in. And, um, those of you that I've worked with over the years know that, um, even if it's beyond the spectrum of, uh, what we're working on, um, I'm still going to reply more than likely. I, I, I just know what it's like to, um, be left in the dark. And so I never want to do that to anybody. So please reach out even if it's just to say hi. So kind of a unique episode here. I'm going to kind of preview what I'm thinking about doing with the show. Um, I've been kind of spitballing this for a while now and um, trying to bring the most value to you guys, but also talk about more topics that I'm passionate about. You know, not that I'm not passionate about anxiety, but I'm at the point where I'm kind of starting to talk in circles and overlapping some certain subjects. And so what I want to do is kind of expand that. And I want to talk about more things that have benefited my life, uh, more things that are in line with my values and things that I spend time on. I think that, you know, at 42, um, I'm at a, a unique point in my life where the adversity that I've been through in my life uh, I feel like I can offer um, some decent advice just on life in general, but also in the health and wellness space, CrossFit, and, and still um, holding true to the main theme of the podcast, which is mental health. So I think it's very easy to translate um, lessons learned in other aspects of our life into mental health and vice versa. And so um, one of the things I'm going to do is, is try to let you know up front a little bit about what's going to be happening in the show, give it a little bit more structure, uh, a little bit of segments, and meaning that segment one of the show is going to be this, segment two is going to be this, and segment three is going to be this. Um, more more CrossFit for sure. Uh, and the reason that I've gone away from that in the last umpteen episodes is just I have had a lot of people looking for advice on anxiety, so I wanted to maintain and make sure to answer, answer all those first. And I think we're at a point now where I've banked enough episodes that I can look back and recommend certain episodes for people to listen to. And then they can contact me again and let me know if there's more that they want me to cover. So I'm going to, I'm going to get back to, um, one of my main passions in life is CrossFit. And in that vein, um, what I've been up to lately is I've been doing, uh, what's called functional weightlifting and it's, it's a, it seems kind of like bodybuilding kind of, but it's more like functional movements that apply to, um, CrossFit. Now I was someone that was pretty skeptical about this type of thing being, being that I had come from the bodybuilding type lifting. And, um, I recently started working with, uh, Jess Swanson and uh, you guys might know her from Granite Games, Fast Factory and the like, she's, she's my nutrition coach and also my, well, just basically my coach in general. So she was the one that was like, let's just try this. Um, I'm, I'm always pretty dinged up and you know, I'm, I'm I had been CrossFit maybe two, three times a week and then doing accessories. But now I've actually kind of gone away from Metcons for the last two weeks. I actually just did my first one yesterday and it went pretty good. And, um, so, uh, What's, what What I'm realizing is that there was a lot of holes in my mobility. There was a lot of holes in my overall strength, a little, you know, some holes in my, my joints and, and, and holes mean just like weaknesses that I needed to work on. And it was very apparent the first week, mainly because I was so sore in these unique areas. Yeah, obviously it's a different way of lifting and a different way of exercising, but like, it was very apparent Um, with how shaky I was getting in the workouts that there was stuff that needed to be addressed. So um, I I still do CrossFit and I still love everything about it. It's just right now um, in this season right before uh, the holidays, it's yeah, we got Christmas. It's December 15th right now that I'm recording this. So um, (sighs) trying to do a little reboot and, and I think it's very fitting that physically I'm doing a reboot while I'm doing that with the show, but mentally as well. Um, I'm kind of in a decent, like a decent spot mentally. And me, you know, I've, I've been working for Jess for, I think this is the fifth week, excuse me, maybe a little bit longer, but I think I've lost about 15 pounds, which, um, if, if you've listened to the show, you know, I don't really care about scale weight. Um, and I, I care more about measurements and how I feel, and I talked about this the other day too, but, um, I'm in a good spot to do this reboot. And so getting back to what I started with, uh, CrossFit's going to become more a part of the show. And <laughs> also I'm going to have more guests. And this is actually the really exciting part of it that, um, with the show and with, um, the community of CrossFit, uh, and if you haven't heard my thank you episode yet from, um, all the people that helped promote the show when we were starting out, you basically you can just hear me like crying the whole time. <laughs> um, I've reached out to some people and, you know, Jess, my coach is going to be on. Um, I'm going to see if uh, John, he, he's pretty busy, but uh, John Swanson, the guy that kind of ran the show for the Granite Games for so many years. And I'm going to have those two on, um, possibly Easy Muhammad, Dr. Um, John Woolley of Make Wads Great Again, he's going to be on. And there's a few other people that are in the health and wellness space, uh, a couple of old classmates of mine from college, um, a person that I have known for quite a few years that has also had um, about 13 surgeries herself. She's an amputee athlete, CrossFit athlete, and um, you know I'm working on getting some more uh, guests. So if there's guests you'd like me to try to track down and get on on the show, um, can be either mental health or in the health and wellness space, you know, obviously CrossFit would be the, you know, the, the, the main group, but I'm open to talking to anybody. Um, and then we're going to have, I'm going to try to get my homies from, uh, CrossFit Lahaina on when we we're going there in February and I'm gonna try to get John and Janelle Ragusa on and yeah, we've got some guests coming, man. Um, another thing I'm going to do is probably try to do the tip of the week. Um, I'm going to go back to doing weekly episodes. I hope And tip of the week is going to be, um, a singularly focused way to, um, set a intention for your week. And you can do an intention for the day, you know, year, month, whatever, you know, with, with the beginning of the year coming up, people are going to have new year's resolutions. Um, I've gone away from those because I've tried for so many years and I just never really maintained that. And so, um, I set intention for the week and try to hit it, and it's worked out better for me. And it's not to say that, um, you know, you, you can find all kinds of information about New Year's resolutions, but for me, it just never really worked out. So, uh, I, I'm going to try to do that towards the end. Say hey, I, and I did this um, at the beginning too for the the wads. Uh, when I started out, I would give you guys a wad for the episode you know, it was like, um, start journaling or try breath work or try a cold shower. And a lot of the stuff I talked about in the first few episodes, I would give that towards the end for you guys to try for the week. And I'm going to try to get back to that mainly on a tip of the week or tip of the day. So, okay. So to recap, and, and actually there's more to the episode after this, but I'm just getting through this for now. Um, I'm going to have like more structure, more CrossFit, more guests, and a tip of the day. So, um, obviously it's going to still stay true to the main topic of the, the podcast, which is mental health, but there is going to be more to it. So I hope you guys um, are feeling that I, I sure am. You know, I'm excited about that. Uh, and, and to be perfectly honest, I had gotten to the point where I was not really getting complacent, but I wasn't really inspired. Um, because I didn't feel like what I was saying was bringing any new value to you guys. And that's what I want to do. It's it's. I feel like I was repeating myself and saying the same things over and over, but just in different ways. And you know, and that works for getting a message across over time. Um, but I, I, I honestly have run out of like getting uh, incoming questions, so it's hard for me to just come up with this stuff on my own. Um, without be, being that I'm someone that is pretty far down the road and being healed, I, I have a hard time knowing exactly where to go with some of this stuff. So I, I do need feedback and I appreciate feedback. And until I get some more questions, I'm, I'm, and I do, but I will probably just proceed with this, um, strategy and we'll see what comes out of it. So hopefully you guys are feeling that if not, uh, or if there's anything else you'd like me to add to it, just uh, shoot me a message at 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 gmail.com or on any of the social medias, um, you know, a Facebook page or Instagram. Which is just at Anxiety Wad. So there you go. That is what is coming down the whatever you want to call it. Pike. What do you say? Coming down the pike. Pipe. Coming down the pike. I don't know. I'm Norwegian, so I never know what I'm talking about with that kind of stuff. So, um, what we're going to talk about in this episode. Is something that came up recently, and it is kids and anxiety once again. Um, but I'm going to go over like the top eight ways uh, children it, um, their anxiety shows up as something else. And once once we realize this, my wife and I, it became very apparent at, at why my son was doing certain things. And so I want to go over that for you guys, especially if you have kids with anxiety. Um, I did get a question about teenagers and anxiety, and I'm sure this applies. Um, it's probably just not as obvious. So, eight ways a child's anxiety shows up as something else. Uh, Number one is anger. Now, the perception of danger, stress, or opposition is enough to trigger the fight or flight response, leaving your children angry and without a way to communicate. So if your kid gets angry for no reason um, and seems irrationally angry, uh, there's probably something else going on. And, you know, it's, it's very easy for me as a dad, that my kid gets angry is to get angry back. But what I'm working on and my intention is to ask myself, okay, what else might be going on? It's not always easy as a parent. Um, You know, especially as my kids get older, my son's nine and a half, my daughter's seven. They kind of have a mind of their own now. But um, but I always want to give them the benefit of the doubt. Recently, I, I was talking to somebody too about um, they were stressed out about, uh, an, an encounter they had with one of their friends. And I was like, what I try to do is I try to assume the best in other people and tell the, uh, until they give me a reason not to assume that any longer. It's super hard, um, with your kids when they're angry to not assume that they're just trying to buck what you're doing. You're telling them to do like defiance. That's the word I'm thinking of, but maybe ask them a little bit more, dig in a little bit more and and start with emotion when you're asking them some investigative questions. Like, are you mad? Are you sad? Are you uh, frustrated? And if they're like, I mean, obviously they are if they're angry at you, but try to get some lead in investigative questions. And it really works well for my son is to ask him like, are you afraid of something? Like, are you fearful? Are you worried? And, the anger kind of turns off when you talk about emotion. And I don't even remember, it might've been Tony Robbins or uh, Lewis Howes or one of those guys. Um, I was listening to that it says you can't have logical thinking until you deal with the emotion that you're feeling. Um, it's hard to make decisions under, you know, emotional distress and tell you deal with that emotion. It's not really good to make decisions. So, Um, And that's, that's kind of where I approach that from is, is just saying, okay, let's deal with this emotion, figure out what's really going on, and then we can help them move forward. Number two, and this is a big one in our house, uh, is difficulty sleeping and children having difficulty falling asleep or staying asleep is one hallmark, uh, characteristic of anxiety. And we have like a whole routine. It's like putting together a jigsaw puzzle with my son and you know it's we got to give two hugs and we got to say a certain thing it's good night i love you see you in the morning see when the sun comes up i have said that more times than i have ever breathed in my life it feels like <laughs> but it it's just kind of his kind of his checks and balances to know that he's safe and until we like were like he has anxiety we were always pretty frustrated that we had to keep repeating this we had to do these little um rituals, if you will, ritualistic stuff at night until it was like, we took that step back and being like, okay, he's just making sure everything is kosher so he can fall asleep. You know, we have to do, we give a hug and then like, I'll walk out, my wife will go in and give him a hug. And then when, when she's about to leave, she's like, okay, send daddy in, you know, and it's, and we've gotten to a point where we've kind of ironed it out to like the minimal amount of reassurance that he needs before he's cool with staying in bed. Uh, he's a big reader, and so we just let him read as long as he wants, uh, and he he usually will just get really tired, and if you're someone that reads, you know this, that if you read before bed, you're going to get tired, um, but actually, the difficulty falling asleep is where things kind of, and, and usually, and this is a, a good hint, too, is if if that pops up kind of out of the blue, and if things have been going very well, there's something else going on. Um, for him, it's, it's something that maybe happened in school that someone said something that upset him. Um, you know, they had something on the playground or, you know, whatever that, uh, kind of set him off a little bit that, uh, gives you a little bit of a lead in to ask a little bit more investigative questions. So if he pop like he pops out, um, you know, once or twice, it's not very abnormal, But if it's like three, four, and five times, I'll usually go in there and ask him some um, lead-in questions and being like, are you worried about something? Are you feeling something? Uh, Sometimes it's actually like if he's sick, it'll be health-related, which I obviously can relate to. Um, Being someone that was a bit of a hypochondriac myself, uh, I can kind of help him dissect that and, and navigate through that type of thing. So again, it's always good to ask more questions than to just get upset and say, go to bed. And doesn't benefit anybody, and it doesn't teach your kid anything. Um, Andy Andrews always talks about um, what you're trying to do is raise good adults and kind people that have the ability. and And you want to teach your kids how to think, not what to think. And so, if they're in their state of distress and you don't teach them how to navigate through that, they're not learning anything. They're just going to end up being more and more frustrated. And this that was a very tough lesson for me and my wife is like, okay. It's frustrating to us, but imagine what it's like for him being not eight, you know, seven, eight, nine, trying to fall asleep. And you're just in sheer terror. I And I get that. I was the same way as a kid. So um, yeah, always ask more questions. Number three, defiance. This is a tricky one, uh, to be honest. Um, They're unable to communicate what is really going on. It's easy to interpret the child's defiance as a lack of discipline instead of an attempt to control a situation where they feel anxious or helpless. Like, hey, I need you to do this. Like, no way, I'm not doing that type of thing, right? They're just not going to do it. Well, like what we do is we give them choices or we try to give them choices. Like two of the choices that we give are both things that are going to accomplish the same goal. It's just hopefully that the approach is a little bit different that they don't realize that we're doing what we're doing. You know, he's, getting, he's nine and a half and he's super sharp, so it's hard to kind of trick him into doing what we want him to do. But um, just flat out refusing to do it. And, and this is really hard for me um, and my wife, really. Like we're both people that will just do certain things that we know need to be done. Um, and so when our kids show a little defiance, it's, it's it, this is probably the hardest one of the group or the, uh, the list for me, just because it's hard not to just think that they're, um, defying what we're asking them to do. But again, ask more questions, ask about the emotion behind it. And, you know, just do a little bit more investigation. All right. Number four on the list is chandeliering. Uh, chandeliering is when a seemingly calm person suddenly flies off the handle for no reason. They have pushed hurt and anxiety so deep for so long that seemingly innocent comment or event suddenly sends them straight through the chandelier. This happens um, with my son and daughter. <laughs> when they say stuff to each other and if it's if it's been um, an anxious or worrisome day for my son, he'll just start like crying. Like just hard, like stubbed his toe, smacked his knee type of crying um, for no reason. And... Now it's more obvious um, when he was younger, he, he's he's just emotional by nature, just like his daddy. And um, he will all of a sudden just lose it or get angry, or he'll pop back at, at uh, my daughter like loudly or yell. And so um, that's kind of a red flag for and it. And, and all of these are tells, uh, just like in poker, they're tells. Like when he does this, I know that I need to ask more questions. And so I'll review this list, but you could write all these down and be like, if my kid does this, then I need to ask more questions. If they do this, I need to ask more questions about this. And each one of these, um, I would investigate, just do a little Google search. Like, how can I help my kid through this aspect of it? So if they're flying off the handle for no apparent reason, there's more to it. Um, that's not something you need to bring them into a specialist for per se. Um, because that's gonna take you out of the mix in your role as a parent to teach them how to navigate these certain things. Next up, number five, lack of focus. Children with anxiety are often so caught up in their own thoughts that they will not pay attention to what's going on around them. This was huge for me when I was a kid, before we even knew what anxiety was. I had a really hard time in school with this. Um, I was super anxious because I as I've talked many times, didn't learn like other people. I couldn't do schoolwork like other people. And because of that fact, I knew that I I couldn't do the same thing. So I would more than likely have to have a meeting with the teacher or my parents, or we didn't really have that many, but like I would meet with the teacher and she would show me my schoolwork and be like, you know, this is how it's supposed to be done, which for me, it was like, I don't, that's not how my brain works. I wish I would have said that back in the day. I didn't have the gusto to do it. But when your kids are just kind of flighty for uh, no real reason, or you start talking to them and they're bouncing around, and it, this one is probably pretty hard too. Um, similar to like the defiance. Um, trying to figure out if they're actually just being dingy or if they're <laughs> just like have other stuff on their brain. And, and the basic moral of the story for all of these is ask more questions deal with the emotions and then help them pick themselves back up. Right. We want to, you know, if it's defiance, be like, you know, I I don't really like what you're doing. I love you, but I need this to change. Right. So what's going on? Like, are you upset? Are you sad? Are you mad? Did something happen at school? Is there something I can help you with? Do you have any questions about anything? Those kind of like, doesn't have to be any kind of life-changing, life-altering questions. Just ask questions like you would just ask your friends. Number six, avoidance. Children who are trying to avoid a particular person, place, or task often end up experiencing more of whatever it is they're trying to avoid. Um, When we first moved, uh, my son has a hard time with transitions and change. Um, he'd always have a super hard time when he would change rooms at the daycare or at school. And so when we moved, that was a huge change. And so he would always, um, say that he didn't want to go to school. Uh, we didn't know that it was just hard for him socially and you know, the change. well, I mean, we kind of expected it, but we didn't know that it was anxiety at the time of the move. So the avoidance piece would have been a tell. It would have been like, okay, what else do we need to ask him, um, In order to help him get through this transition versus just being upset that he didn't want to go to school or it was like, it was just a learning process as a parent to be like, okay, there's probably more to the reason he wants, doesn't want to go to school. It's not that he hates school. He's a very social person. He likes his friends. He's smart. You know, he's, he's reads really high level and, um, he was avoiding it because it was change and change is stressful for children especially if they're very routine or ritualistic children like my son whereas my daughter she is kind of all over the place <laughs> you know she's like a cartoon in human form that isn't very ritualistic or isn't very um habitual so you know that type of thing really threw him off and you know I looking back at it I wish we would have uh, probably handled a little a little different but now you know that's one of those things that I really know to anticipate with him that Okay, there's a big transition coming up. He's going to be stressed out. We need to be prepared for that as parents uh, to be able to help him and, and help him get a little bit of confidence um, through that. Number seven, negativity. People with anxiety tend to experience negative thoughts at a much greater intensity than positive ones. Duh. <laughs> right? That I, one, I, when I read that, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of like the main premise of anxiety is their negative, worrisome thoughts. So, you know, it's, if you, and, and, um, one thing I noticed the other day, and this is, um, it's kind of sad to be honest is, you know, my, my son got in trouble and I heard him whisper. He's like, you're so stupid. And he smacked his forehead and I'm like, Oh my God. And, And you know, this is, this is more of an anxiety thing than a shame thing. But it was the open door that I needed to talk to him about shame. One thing that I am very thankful for is, you know, my mom being a social worker, she taught me about that very early on. And so like, I, I have been, um, I've had the intention to talk to him about it just because he does have anxiety. I know that's coming. And so that one was like, okay, I need to talk to him more about shame. And so rather than like just correcting him, I explained to him what that does. I explained to him about depression. I explained to him about self-confidence. I explained to him about being the person in his life that needs to be the biggest cheerleader for himself. You know, if you're someone that beats yourself up like that, you need to be the biggest cheerleader in your life. Otherwise you're not going to have anything left over for anybody else. You're not going to have any self-confidence, nor are you going to be able to build any. If you're cutting yourself off at the legs, you're not going to be able to run. So keep that in mind. Now, it's not something to freak out about. I'm not worried about my son being super depressive. You know, they're kids. They make mistakes. And he apologized when I talked to him. But I'm like, don't be apologizing. You know, that's just, that's how you felt. And feelings are okay. Now, if that becomes a habit, then that becomes, that's, that's a little bit more worrisome for dad. But it's just something he did. And if you do it, just let me know. Like, we'll keep talking about it and we'll work through it. And I, and, and one thing I always tell him is like, you know, this is the cool part about being a kid is you get to learn stuff. You don't have to do everything right, nor would we expect you to do everything right the first time, you know, as a kid, your job is to learn from our mistakes or your parents mistakes. Like I used to do that all the time and his eyes kind of got big. I'm like, yeah, like, and I didn't listen to other people that taught me what that would do to me. And it did it exactly what they said it would do, it did. And I ended up in somebody's chair talking about it. So it was just an open opportunity to talk to him about that negative side of, of thinking with uh, anxiety. So finally, number eight is over planning. This is huge in our family. Uh, my wife's a planner and my son is also a planner that likes to know what we're doing every second of every day. So overplanning and defiance go hand in hand with the root cause where anxiety can cause some children to try to take uh, back control through defiant behavior, it can also cause others to over plan for situations when planning is minimal or unnecessary. Soon as we wake up in the morning, we hear, What are we doing today? Are we going to the gym? <laughs> are we going swimming? Are we going to the gym? Can we do this? Can we do that? Which before we knew it was tied to anxiety, it would be a little frustrating. But now that we know what it is, we just give him a little bit of tidbits here and there and just enough for him to feel comfortable um, and, and not, that we have him enough to feel like he's in control of his day. And as we all know, um, us with anxiety, when we have lack of control and we feel out of control, it's when our anxiety gets to be the worst. When we can't stop our mind from racing, we feel like we're going a thousand miles an hour. And the same is true for your kids if they're trying to help themselves by figuring out what's going on and plan things out it's probably they're probably pretty anxious about something ask more questions give them information help them write out a schedule if need be so the moral, moral of the story is ask questions help them deal with emotions first then help them deal with logical thinking second and so to wrap things up, I'm going to have my son jump on here, and what he's going to do is he's going to read this top sentence right here. What did we just talk about, buddy? It was a child's anxiety shows up as something else. Yep, that's right. And so this is how we helped uh, helped us, mom and dad, figure out what was going on. Like when you'd come out at night, when you'd want two or three, four hugs at a time, when you want to know like the plan for the day. Um, when all of a sudden you just get angry for no reason. All of that stuff. We know that you're probably worried about something. And that's usually when dad will come in the room and ask you more questions, right? Mm-hmm. So when you um, feel like you need to come out quite a bit at night, what helps the most? I just need another hug or two just to make sure I feel safe. Yeah, that makes sense. Daddy, Daddy and mom know that now. And so what we usually try to do is try to give you a couple of hugs before we leave, right? Yeah. worked the best yeah yeah so usually what we'll also do is um talk to you about how you're feeling like we'll try to get you to name an emotion yeah and then we talk about um we don't really tell you like what to think but i try to teach you how to think through it don't i yeah yeah okay thanks bud Mm -hmm. so yeah that was my kid okay and he just popped in here real quick when i was (laughs) recording so i figured i'd put him on but there you have it guys we're uh, about 30 minutes. I uh, hope you guys enjoy the show. hope you uh, are excited about the new season coming up here at the first of the year. And if you have any more questions about um, ways children can experience their anxiety and ways it can show that are probably counterintuitive to what you are actually thinking they are, uh, let me know. Anxietywad at gmail.com. Also go to anxietywad.com if you want to submit a question to the podcast. More than likely, you're going to hear about it. I don't have a whole lot of questions to talk about right now. So, have yourself a peaceful morning, afternoon, or evening. Keep coming back, guys. We're going to figure this out, I promise. We'll see (laughs) you.